You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, March 28, 2022. Coming up this hour. Another round of peace talks gets underway between Ukraine and Russia. The White House tries to walk back President Biden's comments on Vladimir Putin. And in markets, the steepest global bond route of the modern era shows no signs of slowing. The January 6th panel files contempt cases against two former Trump allies. Plus, it made Academy Awards history, but not in a good way. I'm Michael Barr. More straight ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Kyrie Irving's first home game. The Nets lost wins for the Knicks and Rangers, and the NCAA tournament is down to the Final Four. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are little changed to start the week. We're coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. And S&P futures, little changed to lower, down about four points now. Dow futures, also little changed, and NASDAQ futures are down 42. The 10-year Treasury down 8.30 seconds, yield 2.50%, and the yield on the two-year, 2.36%. NYMEX crude oil is down 3.9% on 4 at $109.49 a barrel. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on markets in a minute. But first, peace talks between Ukraine and Russia resumed this week in Turkey. The meetings come as several cities in Ukraine continue to take heavy fire. We get more from Bloomberg Managing Editor Dan Tenkate. Zelensky was out again speaking about what Ukraine would be willing to discuss in these talks. 
One, you know, ready to declare neutrality, abandon the push to join NATO, vow not to develop nuclear weapons. And, you know, the key one is basically saying that they're willing to talk about that Donbass region where Russia really had troops already before the war started. And this is sort of an acknowledgement from the Ukrainians that, okay, you know, maybe we could move the troops back to the positions where they were pre-war. Bloomberg's Dan Tenkate reports that talks resume while heavy explosions were heard in several Ukrainian cities overnight. Local authorities expect civilians to keep fleeing the devastated city of Maripol. And Nathan, those peace talks, however, are being overshadowed by comments made by President Biden. Some off-the-cuff remarks about Russian President Vladimir Putin are garnering serious attention. And here's what the president said Saturday. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Almost immediately, the White House tried to walk back those words, and we get more from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. The president says he was not advocating regime change in Russia and that he was just answering a reporter's question. Earlier in the day, Secretary of State Antony Blinken also walked back the original statement. We do not have a strategy of regime change in Russia or anywhere else for that matter. Now, the U.S. ambassador to NATO, Julianne Smith, says the president had spent all day with refugees listening to heartbreaking stories. In the moment, I think that was a principled human reaction to the stories that he had heard that day. But French President Emmanuel Macron is warning against words or actions that could inflame the region. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Ed, thanks. Let's turn to President Biden's agenda back home now. The White House releases its budget proposal today. It's expected to detail a minimum 20% tax rate for households worth more than $100 million. Amy Morris has the details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The White House calls it the billionaire minimum income tax. It's the most aggressive proposal yet by the administration to increase taxation on the wealthiest Americans. If enacted, it will hit both the income and the unrealized capital gains of $100 million households and generate an estimated $360 billion in new revenue over the next decade. That's more than a third of the White House's projected trillion-dollar cut to deficit spending over that period. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. The economy also in focus this week. Friday brings the government's jobs report for March, and we get more from Bloomberg's Vinny Del Judice. U.S. unemployment is poised to fall, with jobless claims the lowest since the 1960s and job openings at records. The March rate could go as low as 3.6 or 3.7 percent, according to some forecasters. Unemployment's at a record high of 14.7 percent in April 2020 when the pandemic struck. The record low, 2.5 percent, dates back to the 1950s. Also this week, ISM factory data, consumer spending, consumer confidence. Vinit Dal, Judice Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thanks. Fixed incomes front and center this morning as the steepest global bond route of the modern era shows no signs of slowing. Ten-year Treasury yields have climbed past 2.5%. Yields on five-year notes rose above those on 30-year bonds, an inversion for those maturities for the first time since 2006. That suggests concern over an economic downturn and perhaps even a recession. Nathan, we are seeing big moves in the Japanese yen this morning. That's after the Bank of Japan offered to buy an unlimited amount of bonds for three straight days. It's the first time the central bank has made such a move, and checking the yen, it's trading at the weakest level in seven years at 124.29 against the dollar. In the meantime, Karen, COVID's threatening economic activity in China again. Shanghai has declared a lockdown to combat a surge in cases. We get details from Bloomberg's Emma O'Brien. 
Locking down for four days, uh, one part of the city, uh, which does include the financial district in Pudong. And then the next four days after that, locking down the other side of the city. And during those four-day periods, they will be mass testing the entire population as part of China's COVID zero strategy, which they are maintaining to really root out and suppress virus cases. Bloomberg's Emma O'Brien says lockdowns will extend to the roads. Private cars won't be allowed to drive unless necessary. And a lockdown will hit production for Tesla in China. Nathan, Bloomberg News has learned the electric car maker is extending a production pause at its Shanghai plant for another four days because of the restrictions. And the original plan called for suspending production for just one day. Meantime, in southern China, Karen, investigators have now recovered the second black box from last week's deadly China Eastern plane crash. All 132 people on board were killed when the jet nosedived from nearly 30,000 feet. We get the latest from Bloomberg's Philip Glamon. Investigators in Wuzhou here in southern China have a big boost to their investigations by finding the second black box. This gives them information on the movements of the plane and the performance of the engine. And it goes along with a black box that was found earlier that uh, records what was said in the cockpit. Philip, uh, Bloomberg's Philip Glamman says the flight data recorder has been sent to Beijing for analysis. I want to pass along this red headline just across the Bloomberg terminal. Tesla to ask holders to vote on more shares for a stock split. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street. We're 24 degrees in Central Park. Seeing 15 to 20 minute delays in the upper level of the George Washington Bridge inbound. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The January 6th panel says two ex-advisors to former President Donald Trump should be held into contempt of Congress. The panel says they are withholding information that the House committee considers central to its investigation of events surrounding last year's attack on the U.S. Capitol. The report from the investigating committee named former White House Deputy Chief of Staff for Communications Dan Scavino and Trump's trade advisor Peter Navarro. The panel is set to meet tonight to vote on the recommendations. The Academy of Motion Picture, Arts, and Sciences says it does not condone violence in any form after fireworks at Sunday night's Oscars. Minutes before accepting his Best Actor award, Will Smith slapped presenter Chris Rock on stage after taking offense to a joke about his wife. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Smith later accepted the Best Actor Award for King Richard. Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful, that's when the devil comes for you. Jessica Chastain won the Best Actress Award. The movie Coda streamed on Apple won for Best Picture. The Cinderella team of the NCAA men's basketball tournament will still get a hero's welcome after being eliminated. St. Peter's University lost to North Carolina. The Peacocks made tournament history as the first 15 seeds reached the Elite Eight. Fans back home in Jersey City watched the game, cheering for how far the team advanced. They had a great season. You really can't say nothing bad about it. Jersey City Mayor Stephen Phillips said on Twitter after the Peacocks' historic tournament run, the city would still hold a parade and a keys to the city ceremony for the team. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 
609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashar. Thanks, Nathan. It's the Nets. It was the Nets' 36th home game of the season. It was the first for Kyrie Irving. His story well known as refusal to get the vaccine. Hot topic, not only in sports, but at City Hall. Last week, the private sector mandate lifted, for him at least, and Kyrie took the floor in Brooklyn. My presence out there, which is bigger than the basketball game, you know, which is representing a lot of individuals that are out there in a similar uh, situation as me. Uh, and now that I can play, I, I think it should be open for everybody. I, I don't take it for granted what happened tonight. It was historic. I'm grateful that uh, I got a chance to be out there with my brother. Well, the game did not go well. Irving shot just 6 of 22. The Nets came off a blowout win in Miami, lost to Charlotte 119 to 110. Almost certainly too little too late for the Knicks playoff host, but they are playing better of late. A 3 and 0 road trip. They held on at Detroit 104 102. Knicks blew a 21 point lead. Alec Burks, the hero down the stretch, he had a big three and then a game saving steal. At the Garden, Rangers over Buffalo 5 4 to Keandre Miller goal two minutes into overtime. The recent Ranger pickup, Frank Petrano. Scored two goals, 18 seconds apart in the first period. Islanders lost. Devils top Montreal in a shootout. As we just heard in the news, the clock struck midnight for Cinderella St. Peter's. Lost by 20 to North Carolina. And the Peacocks could now be losing their coach. Shaheen Holloway is widely expected to leave to go coach his alma mater, Seton Hall. For Carolina, it'll be its 21st Final Four and will now play arch-rival Duke. 16th Final Four for Kansas, who crushed Miami, will now take on Villanova. Mets had their aces on the mound. Jacob DeGrom, three innings, then Max Scherzer for six. Together, 12 strikeouts and a Met win. The Yankees won, although their ace, Gary Cole, gave up a couple of home runs. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. Right now, S&P futures are down three points. Dow futures up four. NASDAQ futures down 34 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 7.30 seconds. The yield 2.50%. Watching shares of Tesla, they're up nearly 3%. The electric car maker says it will ask shareholders to vote on more shares to enable the stock split. Just announced that on Twitter. Says the vote will come at this year's annual meeting. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny, breezy, mid-30s today. Mostly sunny, breezy, near 40 tomorrow. Mid-40s with increasing clouds on Wednesday. Right now, 24 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Sovereign bonds are tumbling while European stocks are gaining and U.S. stock index futures are little changed as economic risks from inflation and tightening monetary policy hits sentiment. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures little changed this morning, so we're down futures. NASDAQ futures down 18. The DAX in Germany is up 1.7%. 10-year Treasury down 6.30 seconds. The yield 2.49% and the yield on the two-year two. 2.36%, checking the 30-year yield, 2.59%. NYMEX crude oil is falling this morning, down 4.3% on $4.88 at $109.02 a barrel. Brent also moving lower, down 3.9%. It's at $116.01 a barrel. COMEX gold is down one and a quarter percent down $24.20 at $1,935.60 an ounce. The euro this morning 
trading 1.0980 against the dollar. The British pound 1.3143. The yen 124.28. And checking Bitcoin this morning, it's moving higher, up 2.4%. It's at $47,233. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. Ukrainian and Russian officials announced they have agreed to a new round of in-person peace talks to be held in Turkey. It comes as the White House walks back comments President Biden made about Vladimir Putin saying this man cannot remain in power. Meanwhile, Ukraine President Zelensky accused the West of cowardice. Well, another top official said Russia was trying to split the nation in two, like North and South Korea. It's the water cooler talk today. During last night's Academy Awards, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on stage after the comedian made a joke about Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. Smith later won the Best Actor Oscar. Jessica Chastain won for Best Actress. Coda from the Apple streaming service won for Best Picture. And as for Best Director, Jane Champion won that award for Power of the Dome. The final four is set in the men's NCAA basketball tournament. North Carolina plays Duke. Kansas will face Villanova. In the NBA, Kyrie Irving played his first home game of the season, but the Nets lost. The Knicks and Celtics won. The Wizards beat the Warriors. In the NHL, the Rangers won in OT over the Sabres 5-4. The Devils won in a shootout over the Canadiens 3-2. The Islanders lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we're joined now by Bloomberg Washington correspondent Anne-Marie Hordern with us live from Warsaw, where President Biden made some news at the end of his uh, whirlwind trip to Europe aimed at shoring up support from allies in the war in Ukraine, but certainly not the news that the White House was looking for, obviously. Anne-Marie, good morning. We're still talking about those nine words that came at the end of what the president had hoped would be a historic speech in Warsaw. What is the potential fallout now from the president saying, for God's sake, this man, Vladimir Putin, must not remain in power? Well, immediately after those words were spoken, we obviously saw the White House walking this back, saying this is not a regime change policy. We also heard that from Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who's currently in Israel for some landmark uh, meeting. He was asked about this, and he said the United States doesn't have a policy of regime change in Russia or in any country for that matter. And then the president himself was asked, leaving church yesterday in Washington, D.C., Sir, when you said this man, President Putin, should not remain in power, do you mean regime change? No. The issue is, and what you're hearing in Europe today, is people taking note that they want to de-escalate the situation, and they're worried that that type of rhetoric would embolden the Kremlin, uh, embolden their propaganda agenda inside the country, and that would escalate the conflict. So that's the situation now at the moment. I'm sure the president is going to be asked about this a number of times again this week. 
Yeah, we're going to be uh, hearing from the White House again this afternoon as they uh, release the president's budget proposal, probably hoping for that to take some of the attention off this news. But Anne-Marie, this trip that the president made was aimed at showing that the U.S. and NATO are more united than ever before. When you have now leaders in NATO walking themselves back from the president's remarks, does that sort of undermine the president's mission? I think it does in the short term, right? You have Emmanuel Macron saying we shouldn't escalate with words or actions. You have Olaf Scholz saying, I have spoken to the U.S. president about this. There is no NATO central policy of trying to have regime change. Uh, So in the short term, certainly, this is all everyone is talking about after days of diplomacy, after showing united front in Brussels. The president came here for a very fiery speech. And no one is even talking about as much the contents that were in that speech as much as those final nine words before he thanked everyone. Um, but what we should note, he did talk about NATO in that speech, and he got very dramatic at one point and said, don't even think of moving on one single inch of NATO territory. And that was met with applause from the Royal Castle of Warsaw, where, you know, hundreds were gathered to hear this speech because, you know, we are in Poland. And that is a country that is on the border of this war, is a NATO country, is a country that already close to the border. There was missiles from Russia. So that is something that the Polish government and people wanted to hear. Uh, and so in that sense, there was this unity amongst NATO. But you're certainly right, Nathan. Uh, these, these last words, President said, is, is overshadowing a lot of work that was done here. We only have about 30 seconds left here, Anne-Marie. What does this mean for negotiations as Ukraine and Russia get set to hold talks again tomorrow in Turkey? Well, we should remember that Russia has always felt that the United States wanted to perpetrate regime change. In 2011, Putin blamed the U.S. for the protesters that were out on the streets for his 12 years of reigning. So I think the Kremlin, for them, this was not exactly news, but they just may use it against them. When it comes to the diplomacy talk, mm-hmm. we should note nothing has changed on the ground. So we'll have to wait to see if anything can change when they sit down and talk. Thank you for the update. Bloomberg's Emery Hordern with us this morning in Warsaw, Poland. Looking ahead to the market open this morning, little change as far as futures go. S&P futures are a little change to the upside. Dow futures up nine points. NASDAQ futures down 11. The 10-year Treasury is down 430 seconds now with the yield just shy of 2.49%. Yield on the two-year, 2.34. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by Anshin Accountants and Advisors. Challenging times call for proactive advisors who help minimize taxes, increase cash flow, and create opportunities for the future of your business. Visit Anshin.com. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak. 
630 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Up first, peace talks between Ukraine and Russia resume in Turkey this week. But that's being overshadowed by comments from President Biden. Over the weekend, he took aim at the leadership of Vladimir Putin. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. And those words are reverberating across Europe this morning. The White House tried to clarify the president's remarks, saying he was not calling for regime changes in Russia. Well, critics say President Biden's comment is a boost for Putin. We get more from Bloomberg International Affairs reporter Mark Champion. The words are what they are. They are a gift to President Putin, who's been arguing that this is not a war against Ukraine. It's a, a war to defend Russia against Western attempts to destroy Russia. So, you know, unfortunately, it's a gift for him in propaganda terms. You know, when you have a leader who is now seen as somewhat isolated, paranoid in Moscow, it really doesn't help to suggest that that's the kind of thinking that is going on in Washington, whether or not it is the public position. Bloomberg's Mark Champion says one White House official is suggesting the president's remarks were influenced by stories of suffering he heard from Ukrainian refugees. Meantime, Nathan, back in Washington, the White House releases its budget proposal today. It's expected to detail a billionaire minimum income tax, which would implement a minimum 20 percent tax rate for households worth more than $100 million. That rate would hit both income and unrealized capital gains. Turning to markets now, Karen, the steepest global bond route of the modern era shows no sign. Signs of slowing. Ten-year Treasury yields have climbed past 2.5%. Yields on five-year notes rose above those on 30-year bonds, an inversion for those maturities for the first time since 2006. And we're seeing big moves in the Japanese yen this morning, Nathan. That's after the Bank of Japan offered to buy an unlimited amount of bonds for three straight days. It's the first time the central bank has made such a move. Checking the yen, it's trading at the weakest level in seven years at 123.92 against the dollar. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. S&P futures are little changed to lower this morning, down about four points. Dow futures also little changed. NASDAQ futures down at 33 and the 10-year treasury down 430 seconds yield 2.48 percent straight ahead your latest local headlines plus a check of sports and this is bloomberg 633 on wall street 23 degrees in central park avoid the upper level of the george washington bridge delays are nearly an hour now I'll tell you why in traffic shortly. First, Michael Bars here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Nathan. The January 6th panel says two ex-advisors to former President Donald Trump should be held in contempt of Congress because they're withholding information that a House committee considers central to its investigation of events surrounding the attack on the U.S. Capitol. The investigating committee says former White House Deputy Chief of Staff for Communications Dan Scavino and former Trade Advisor Peter Navarro may have had advance warning about the potential for violence. The panel will meet tonight. The Cinderella team of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament will still get a parade after being eliminated. St. Peter's University lost to North Carolina. The Peacocks made tournament history as the first 15 seed to reach the Elite Eight. Fans back home in Jersey City watched the game, cheering for how far the team advanced. We're going to come back next season. We're going to win next season. Don't worry. Don't worry. 
Jersey City Mayor Stephen Phillips said on Twitter the city will also hold the keys to the city ceremony for the team. Pushback from top Capitol Hill lawmakers following the announcement that the Veterans Administration plans to close dozens of VA hospitals and clinics across the country to build new facilities. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he's urging the VA to rethink the planned hospital closures. We are going to fight this proposal tooth and nail. We are going to put a dagger through its heart. It is not going to see the light of day. And we're here doing it now because we're going to nip this in the butt. Senator Schumer spoke alongside military veterans in New York. It's a moment that will be talked about in the history of the Academy Awards. Actor Will Smith slapped comedian Chris Rock on live television minutes before winning the Best Actor Oscar. Rock had joked that Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, could be in the next G.I. Jane movie, a reference to her very short hair. She has alopecia, a disease which causes hair loss. Smith addressed the incident during his acceptance speech for his role in King Richard. I look like crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams. Um, but... Love will make you do crazy things. Jessica Chastain won the Oscar for Best Actress. Apple's Coda won Best Picture. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanchow. All right, Nathan. The Nets waited about five months for Kyrie Irving to be allowed to play a home game despite being unvaxxed. He finally did, and he had one of his worst games. Shot just 6 of 22. Outplayed by Charlotte's young point guard, LaMelo Ball, who scored 33 points. The Hornets beat the Nets in Brooklyn 119 to 110. The Knicks blew a 21-point lead but held on at Detroit 104-102. Knicks have won six of their last eight road games that are home tonight for Chicago. At the Garden last night, Rangers in a back-and-forth game won 5-4 in overtime over Buffalo. DeAndre Miller, the game winner, two minutes into OT. The Devils won in a shootout. The Islanders lost. As we just heard in the news, the slipper no longer fits, but St. Peter's will be remembered for perhaps the greatest Cinderella run in NCAA tournament history, the coach of the Peacocks, Shaheen Holloway. No one gave a chance to no one believed in but the people in our locker room and the people on, you know, that, that's, that's in our program, you know, administration, you know, us, and, and, and made history. You know, they, they shocked the world. They, you know, you got guys that's going to be remembered for things that they could tell their kids and grandkids. In Philly, St. Peter's lost by 20 to North Carolina, who will now face Duke at the Final Four in New Orleans. It'll be the 258th game between the arch rival and the first ever in the NCAAs. Kansas will play Villanova. Yankees and Mets both won. Aaron Judge homered twice, and so did Francisco Lindor. He had home runs from both sides of the plate. The hottest golfer, Scotty Scheffler, he won the match play in Texas easily. He's won three of his last five tournaments, and Scotty Scheffler now ranked as the number one golfer in the world. Josh Dash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look now at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. For that, we're joined this morning by Bloomberg's Laura Wright. Laura, good morning. We've had a lot of moves involving Tesla this morning. A lot of headlines for sure. We have indeed twofold headlines for Tesla. Right now, the stock rallying almost 5%. A tweet earlier this hour sent Tesla's share price surging. Tesla will ask shareholders to vote at this year's annual meeting in order to authorize additional shares in order to enable a stock split. 
Earlier this morning, Tesla shares were selling off in the pre-market because Tesla's Shanghai factory will be closed for the next four days due to a two-stage lockdown, which is now taking place in Shanghai to conduct mass testing against COVID-19. We're seeing a real divergence between China's zero COVID policy and other developed markets, which are considering COVID an endemic. And this plant closure, well, that was significant because Shanghai makes half of Tesla's electricity electric vehicles and not only supports the wider Asia market, but also exports to Europe. Now, we've also uh, gotten a lot of news this morning about Apple, not just the fact that uh, their their big movie won Best Picture last night at the Oscars, uh, but uh, there are some issues for Apple now uh, with COVID still maintaining its grip in China. Exactly. Apple trading down 1.9% in the pre-market. And this morning, a report from Nikkei Asia that Apple is going to reduce the output of iPhones and AirPods this year due to growing uncertainties surrounding the war in Ukraine, the headwind of looming inflation and, as you say, rolling lockdowns in China. So and also in European markets, you have to remember, we are experiencing a cost of living crisis, higher energy prices and CPI for the eurozone is expected to be the highest level level since the inception of the euro when it comes out this Friday. And uh, keeping it in uh, Asia this morning, I see you're watching uh, U.S. casino stocks with exposure to Macau. What's happening there? I am indeed. So names such as Las Vegas, Sands, Melco Resorts and Entertainment, Wynn Resorts, MGM Resorts. So there's not enough volume right now to see pre-market moves. But due to the lockdown in Shanghai, investors are concerned that we will see less mainland visits to those casino companies in Macau. All right. So we'll be keeping an eye on that uh, as the market opens as well. Bloomberg's Laura Wright, thanks for keeping us up to speed on what's happening in the pre-market. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole before the open on Wall Street on this Monday morning, little change as far as the futures go. Right now, S&P futures are down a point and a half. Dow futures up four points. NASDAQ futures lower by 23 points. That's a drop of about two-tenths percent. Uh, the big actions happening in Europe with Germany's DAX up 1.7 percent and uh, the CAC in Paris higher by one and a half percent right now. Lots of action in the bond market as well with the 10-year down 430 seconds. The yield 2.48 percent. One point in the overnight. The 10-year breached two and a half percent. Yield on the two years at 2.34. And NYMEX crude continues its decline down four and a quarter percent at $109.04 a barrel. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny, breezy, mid-30s today. Mostly sunny, breezy with a high near 40 tomorrow. We'll get to the mid-40s with increasing clouds by Wednesday. Right now, 23 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. S&P futures are a little change this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are quiet right now. Dow futures higher by 18 points. S&P's gain a point, while NASDAQ futures are lower by 12. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.49%. Gold is down 25. Oil is also under pressure. But Bitcoin is up by 2.4%. Hong Kong rose 1.3% overnight, while European markets are also in the green. 
led by gains in Germany and Italy. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, wholesale inventories, and at 10.30, the Dallas Fed. In other news, Tesla's up 4% pre-market, pre-market on a report they plan to seek approval on another stock split, and Apple is lower pre-market on a report of an iPhone production cut. Wrapping things up, microchip was cut to neutral at Goldman Sachs, Deer raised to neutral at J.P. Morgan, Bank of America was raised to equal weight at Morgan Stanley, and Altria was cut to sector perform at RBC. Live from the first to break news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over here at Bloomberg Times Squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. President Joe Biden sought to clarify his call for the removal of Vladimir Putin. Biden says he wasn't seeking regime change after European allies raised concern and critics said that he was further inflaming tension with Russia. At the Academy Awards, actor Will Smith slapped comedian Chris Rock on live TV minutes before winning the Best Actor Oscar. Smith took offense after Rock made a joke about Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. Jessica Chastain won for Best Actress. Apple's Coda is the first streaming film to win Best Picture. The final four is set in the men's NCAA basketball tournament. North Carolina plays Duke. Kansas will face Villanova. In the NBA, Kyrie Irving played his first home game of the season, but the Nets lost. The Knicks and Celtics won. The Wizards beat the Warriors. In the NHL, the Rangers won in OT over the Sabres. The Devils won in a shootout over the Canadiens. The Islanders lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael, thank you. And it is 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. Learn more at njit.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. A second COVID-19 vaccine booster could soon be authorized for older adults. The New York Times reports emergency use authorization is expected to come this week. The second vaccine booster would essentially be a fourth dose of the Pfizer and Moderna mRNA vaccines. Without Russian help, climate scientists worry how they'll keep up with their important work of documenting warming in the Arctic. Post-Cold War bridge building through science is unraveling as Western nations seek to punish and isolate the Kremlin because of the invasion by drying up support for scientific programs involving Russia. The costs of this decoupling, scientists say, could be high on both sides. Tackling climate change and other problems will be tougher without collaboration and time will be lost. And scientists have figured out why vampire bats are the only mammals that can survive on a diet of just blood. They compared the genome of common vampire bats to 26 other bat species and identified 13 genes that are missing or no longer work in vampire bats. Over the years, those gene tweaks helped them adapt to a blood diet rich in iron and protein, but with minimal fats or carbohydrates. And the findings are in the journal Science Advances. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. If only Bram Stoker had known. Thank you, Karen. 651 on Wall Street. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include the Biden administration in cleanup mode after the president's apparent ad lib in Warsaw that Vladimir Putin must not remain in power. 
What we all agree on is that President Putin cannot be empowered to wage war. U.S. Ambassador to NATO Julianne Smith tells Fox News Sunday the president was not calling for regime change. He has attacked Ukraine in a premeditated, unprovoked conflict and is pursuing this relentless and brutal war in Ukraine, which we all want to see come to an end. But Republican Senator Rob Portman tells NBC's Meet the Press the president line plays into Russian propagandists' hands. Clarity uh, is incredibly important, and we need to be sure that we are also clear with our NATO allies, because that's how we are stronger. Also making news, Justice Clarence Thomas facing calls to recuse himself from January 6th cases after his wife Jenny reportedly texted White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows about overturning the 2020 election. Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar was on ABC's This Week. Not only should he recuse himself, but this Supreme Court badly needs ethics rules. Chris Murphy's leading a bill I've long been on, supportive of, that says basically get your act together, get ethics rules in place. This week, Meet the Press and Fox News Sunday can all be heard every Sunday on Bloomberg Radio. And for more on this Monday morning, we're joined by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins as we're still talking about the president's apparent off-the-cuff remark in Warsaw. Emily, what is the concern level at the White House about the president's speech on Saturday? Well, I mean, the speech is one thing that was the off the cuff remark at the end that has really concerned not only uh, those in the U.S., those within government, uh, but also allies to the U.S. Uh, we've heard uh, allies in France and in the U.K. come out with concerns. French President Ma- Macron said that uh, they shouldn't escalate with words or with actions. And that is the concern of what Biden has done here. Now, the White House has tried to come out and, you know, really walk this back. We heard Secretary of State Anthony Blinken say that uh, Biden's off-the-cuff remark was a reference to Putin's power and ability to invade other countries and that they were not calling for a regime change. Uh, But this just really speaks to sort of how delicate the situation is. Uh, between uh, Russia, uh, Ukraine, and other nations, and just how little willingness there is at this point to escalate beyond the current situation. There's also been some suggestion that Biden, just after being in Poland, after talking with refugees, was in a pretty emotional state when he did speak. Um, but, of, of you know, of course, this is something the White House is going to be dealing with going forward. How much is the White House going to be dealing with this? We've heard the walk back from a number of Biden administration officials. Are we hearing about any further outreach to allies or even to Russia about trying to smooth this over? There's definitely been some discussion about making sure that staffers are reaching out to their counterparts and other nations, really making sure that they're clarifying where the U.S. stands on this. And, you know, this really could be a big problem for President Biden. A poll that came out this weekend showed that some 70 percent of Americans have limited or little confidence in Biden's handling of the Ukraine war. And so to not have that confidence behind him could really open the president up uh, to more attacks and concerns from those inside his party uh, and out and outside, really. I mean, at, at this point, we've seen a lot of Republicans kind of try to remain united behind President Biden to, you know, be supportive of his efforts. But we are seeing some Republican lawmakers over the weekend now really raise concerns about Biden's remarks and, you know, sort of indicate that this could wind up being a larger problem for the U.S., Now, of course, the president wants to turn his attention back to his domestic agenda. He's releasing his budget proposal for the next fiscal year later on this afternoon. We've got some idea of what's in it. Can you sort of break things down for us? 
Yeah, so this is a budget that's very much aimed at sort of the more moderate members of the Democratic Party, including fiscal hawks. It includes a $1 trillion reduction in deficit spending for the coming decade. A lot of that will actually come from a new proposed tax, a 20% minimum tax on the income and unrealized capital gains of households worth more than $100 million. The administration's pitching this as a billionaire minimum income tax and estimates that it would generate $360 billion in new revenue over the next decade. Uh, the budget also includes one of the largest investments in national security in the U.S. history, a 4% increase from this year. And just to be clear, Nathan, I mean, the key word for this whole thing is proposal. Yeah. Uh, the White House will send this proposal to Congress, and Congress usually says, well, this is very nice, Mr. President. Thank you very <laughs> much. But they wind up doing their own thing. All right. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. And we will be bringing you uh, the president's remarks as he releases his budget later on this afternoon. So stay with Bloomberg Radio. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. March is Women's History Month, and every day this month we are celebrating significant moments in women's history. Now, with your installment for March 28th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. On this day in women's history in 1917, the Women's Army Auxiliary Corps was established. It was renamed Queen Mary's Army Auxiliary Corps in 1918. And just a few years earlier, the mere suggestion of women in the Army would have been considered ridiculous by the British War Office. As far as the British military was concerned, the only military role that was suitable for women was nursing. But in 1917, there was a huge step back from that mindset. When World War I was declared in 1914, women formed long lines at labor exchanges to volunteer for whatever roles that were available related to the war. Coupled with Britain facing a major manpower shortage two years later and several movements, women finally got an opportunity to work alongside men soon after. That's Today in Women's History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Renita, thank you. Again, S&P futures are little changed this morning. Dow futures, little changed as well. And NASDAQ futures lower, down about 23 points. The 10-year Treasury down 630 seconds, yield 2.49%. And the yield on the two-year is at 2.34%. Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead for Nathan Hager. I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.